Gras im Tiefgeschoss. Leise, leise wollen wir sein, den Augenblick von Zeit befreien. Ja, das Paradies liegt unterm Haus, die Tür fällt zu, das Licht geht So weit. Willkommen. In Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. This is Zaki. I am your tech for today, as well as a co-host with Sham. Thank you. Thank you very much, Zaki. How are you? Thank you very much. I am doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, that was Ramstein Wiener Blut. Um, and yeah, we're continuing the conversation we had in the past hour, talking about, you know, selection of embryos and right now we're this hour we're going to talk about more the ethical side of things and so we still have Masood here with us hello thanks and today we have a new person for SRM Sarah 
Hi, welcome everyone to the radio. Um, yeah, my name is Sarah. I'm newly uh, joined just here at the station. And yeah, I'm studying here at Maastricht and I'm really looking forward to our next discussion. Yeah, I mean, just based on the, on the whole conversation we had in the past hour, the ethics is something that I think is something that really needs to be brought up about it because it's something that, you know, it can lead to a lot of positive things in terms of, you know, potentially eliminating or, you know, making things easier for parents. But also, you know, there's a whole lot of other things that can be brought up. So, Masood, what can what do you think about the ethics of this in general? I think ethics of, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely important. And, and uh, uh, yeah, we should know exactly uh, when we do this research on embryos, we should know exactly what we are allowed and also ethically for ourselves, what morally is, is, is important to do. Uh, and uh, it is important to indicate that for this uh, embryo research, we should uh, always, if we want to do a new research, we should apply for federal uh, ethical commission. And after, so after approval, we can start research on embryos. Yes, exactly, exactly. And Zara, I understand you also wrote a thesis about the topic similar to this, or was it this specific topic? Yeah, exactly. It was kind of similar, not totally, but it was basically, um, excuse me for the terms, I'm not a, <laughs> a biological uh, person, let's say. But yeah, for my advanced course back in high school, I had to write basically a thesis on um, the ethical um, way of uh, assessing basically editing babies if you can say mm -hmm. it like this so what if i want to have a baby with blue eyes uh, this hair color etc and also of course how to erase or like how to um, avoid disabilities and i assessed it from several different ethical points of views and from the medical point of view and yeah it was really interesting oh well so this is going to be a very fun conversation this mm -hmm. next hour um but before we start the conversation we're going to move to a song uh this is Anna van Heike, Jij, Ik and Pythagoras. This is our Dutch song for this hour. I apologize in advance for my accent. Zijn stelling, een triootje eerste klas. Jij kent 
the show. This is Student Radio Maastricht 107.5 FM. We are live from the studios of RTV Maastricht tonight in the studio with me to discuss a rather complicated topic of genomics, or reproductive genomics and ethics is Masood Zamani, an assistant professor in the University of Maastricht. Uh, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Hi. Also a very new member to, to the SRM. Yeah, nice sure. to meet you too. And Zaki on tech, thank you very much for, for rolling us back in, uh, Zaki. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. So yeah. Right now we're talking. So we're talking about genetics in general. And right now, so I understand this is mostly used Masood um, for. It's often used particularly for older parents because I understand it's very high risk pregnancy. For example, when I was born, my mom was thirty and it was twins, which is of course a high risk pregnancy. And so once you passed a certain age, it becomes a bit more difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So can you explain more about this? Yeah. Specifically, uh, non-invasive uh, prenatal testing it's used for for uh, mothers who have like uh, age of uh, more than 35 or 38, and we call them high risk. But now in Netherlands and in many countries, it can be performed for any um, any mother who is pregnant. Um, uh, so the the so the reason why if you have like more ages or advanced uh, ages, uh, you need these tests is that uh, especially for for women, uh, what happens. Uh, uh during the f- fetal stage the pool of eggs that they are produced right and then a slow after puberty slowly slowly uh, each month one egg is is being released so this pool is if you get more age then then uh, the pool stays the same but for sperms we have uh, like fresh uh, uh pr- production. production yeah of 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 sperms uh, and this can be one of the reasons that we in advanced maternal age we call it or uh, if you get older uh, then you have higher risk uh, but we should also consider that new studies they also show that if you have if the father is have age of more than 40 you have uh, you might have another type of mutation in your genome we call them point mutation and uh, it is uh, recently shown that uh, you might get more autistic uh, 
or or children with autism if if the mother if if the father has more than 40 ages so the message is as much as early as possible you should get children <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 laughing because uh, might explain a lot my parents were quite old when they had me okay. oh no it's 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 just a chance a low chance, a of, chance of getting okay. yeah so Yeah. Su- su- super interesting. That's But really you, you, you mentioned that the method does not detect point um, mutations. Yeah. So uh, yes. So point that. mutation in in pre, uh, especially in pre-implantation genetic testing at the moment, the technology does not allow us. But even if you can do that, then there are ethical issues that that uh, will come up. So. Uh, Yeah, because each of us might have one or two little mutations, and we are still alive, right? So, uh, some studies they show that we have little mutation, but but we are alive. So it might be combination of uh, of of genes that can define this. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, what you were saying, basically, I understand that you have also lots of people that, uh, of older age that are basically your clients, let's say. So, um, which, but now going back to the ethical way, so where do you think, where should you set a line or should you even set a line for people that um, are a certain age that they should not get any more children because it's also like from nature maybe given that at a certain age, a mother shouldn't, uh, like you should not become a mother anymore? Uh, we cannot put like, like this restriction, but... Uh, Uh, health insurance companies sometimes they put this restriction to for mm-hmm. for the reimbursement so if the mothers are more than 40 or 42 then it's difficult to get re- reimbursement of of if you do IVF for instance do, do you know is that actually covered by the health insurance in yeah, most yeah, cases yeah yeah so in in the Netherlands it's it is uh, as far as i know it is covered uh, for per 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 child you have three times so you have three cycles covered Wow. That, yeah. Okay. That that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, if it is fair to say that indeed, um, at at what age is too late? I mean. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I mean, I have a really good friend of mine, and um, she, uh, her mother got her actually when she was fifty-three. So really, let, let's say, compared mm-hmm. to the average, kind of old, right? Yeah. But sh- she's doing perfectly fine. No yeah. disabilities, nothing. Um, however, um, of course, now that she gets older, she uh, she's now twenty-one or so. So her mom is like seventy-four, mm-hmm. and she actually experienced a lot of things that others don't have to think about yet. Like, yeah. what if my parents, for example, die in like yeah. a, a couple mm-hmm. of years? And uh, I feel like that's definitely a big topic. Many should think beforehand uh, on how do you also want to have your child grow up. Oh yeah, that's 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 a more um, more interesting discussion indeed. And I did not think about that when I thought about ethics because I was wondering more about the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a, of a social aspect. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I experienced it myself. My parents also got me really late, and my friends always ask if my dad is my grandpa. <laughs> I had the same thing. I had the same thing. <laughs> well, it's sometimes funny, but also after quite some time, it gets annoying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for me, what, what one thing that stood out to me was that how you know how well, you mentioned how once you get older, for example, for men, for example, it might be increased the likelihood for children with autism, um, where then. Because I understand, I'm, I'm, I know a few things about disability activ- activism, and many times people who people who are autistic they don't see their autism as necessarily a disability, but necessarily more so the way society treats their autism as a disability. And so, 
in choosing that, does you think that don't, do you not think that might potentially reinforce the social stigma against autism or? Yeah, that's 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 that 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 is one of the ethical concerns that you should consider for this, uh, uh, like the future uh, pre-implantation genetic testing. If you can detect point mutations, then you might uh, do this. But what is important, I think, and we should do this, uh, is that so for instance, for autism, we have a spectrum, right? So we if if we can define what is the like the, if if. If it is really severe, for instance, for Down syndrome, we have the same. So we have people who can be pretty much uh, functional and people who cannot do uh, anything and they should be on the bed. So if you can really define the severity of the uh, of the uh, disorder, then, then you can have a better uh, decision, right? Yes, that's very true, yes. Yeah, for me personally, the biggest topic, um, ethically speaking, here is where, like, who decides what is perfect and what do we do with the people that do not fall under this perfect category? Like, uh, if you start now, for example, selecting the eggs that have a, or show a certain disability, what do you do with the people that already like are like live right now and actually have this disability? Let's take, for example, I don't know, Down syndrome or something. I mean, there are so many people that already have it. Um, so they live with it and also they can have quite a good life already mm -hmm. because we have such good healthcare and social programs. But still, how do you, I mean, how do you make them not feel as not right? You know what I mean? I, th I think it's it's more social aspect and it, they should be socially more engaged to the community. They should have like jobs, normal jobs and... and but with this selecting yeah. the egg, isn't that exactly that the boundary that so you're So exactly what we do now, we, we, uh, we are not really select against uh, uh, trisomies. What we do, so there are three different types of pre-implantation genetic testing. One is for monogenic disorders, meaning that if you have like severe uh, aberrations in your family, then we avoid uh, transmission of that. The other uh, one is um, uh, for uh, structural aberrations, which are like we call them tr translocation. So parts of chromosomes are exchanged and they can also have severe uh, um, uh, consequences. The other one is for aneuploids like trisomies. In the Netherlands, we are not allowed to do PGT for uh, an aneuploidies, but can we do this for, uh, sorry? Okay, can you please say what is PGT? So pre-implantation genetic testing. Uh, uh, so it's before implantation, and but for prenatal testing, we, we do this uh, test, uh, and we can say to the mothers that we have this. So this this is this depends whether uh, to the mothers whether they want to know or not, right? So mm -hmm. if we if we inform them if if they want to have uh, children with with this uh, the child with this these aberrations or not, right? So so the parents get to make the decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the so I heard that about 50% of, of the pregnant women who have uh, uh, the baby with uh, Down syndrome, they want to keep them. So okay, it's mm. like, uh, but, what, but, what, but what, as what, I said, it's important to define severity. Yes. So we as a as geneticists, we should inform the parents as much as better. And, and, uh, and this is because of technology uh, limitation. So if we can tackle this limitation, then we can inform parents better. Okay, this is the Down syndrome with this sort of uh, 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 abnormalities that you can see. Okay. Oh, thank you so much for explaining that. Um, before we go to a song, um, 
I had a thought in my mind, completely flew away. ADHD. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, there are multiple genes that add to that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, any other ethical concerns that anyone, that either of you have before, so I can, to allow the thought to potentially fly back into my brain? I actually, yeah, I had one, but it also flew away. <laughs> um, wait a sec. Well, why don't we go to a song right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. And then we can ask more questions later. Yeah, um, so right now, Focus a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so the next song that we're going to listen to is Virus Alert by good old Weird Al Yankovic.
Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV, on RTV 107.5 FM. And this is Zaki speaking. I'm doing tech today as well as hosting, co-hosting the show with Sham. And we're talking about, you know, genetics and everything. Um, so while we were gone, I actually remembered what I thought about. Um, so as I mentioned before, I do have ADHD. And there is a theory about ADHD where... There's, it's a hunter. It's the hunter versus farmer hypothesis. Where, so they did uh, studies on the genetics of Ariel men. Ariel being a, like they're northern Kenyan pastoralists, and they noticed. And for a long time, they were basically hunter gatherer society. Um, but and there were also some who branched off and decided to just become more agricultural and just stay in the same place. And they noticed that through genetic testing, that those who decided to stay as hunter gatherers. Um, they had they were they had this gene that is associated with ADHD, whereas those who decided to stick to agriculture and stay in one place had more of a gene that had, had did not have that gene, so they were less likely to have ADHD. Um, and so, this this then leads to the theory that ADHD and some of these other diseases, as in general, are more issues of society and how society treats these things versus you know them being an actual disease in themselves. So again, so. This leads me to the question, how do you decide these things that we test for in genetics? How do we decide whether these things are actual you know, diseases versus things that just society just doesn't do right? Um, so if, if those genetic disorders, they are well-defined before, so it's, it's like, uh, so you build on the knowledge that, that were uh, there before. So if these characteristics, they are well-defined and uh, and if if they have like uh, can make the people uh, uh, do not be like like functional enough, etc. So these are uh, th these are disorders that you should really consider. But there are uh, like uh, other um, uh, manifestations, let's say I, I would call or uh, uh, phenotypes that we see, and those I think those are. Um, those should not be uh, like included in like this next generation uh, test that that we talked about. Can you can you please explain what a phenotype is? So phenotype is the features that you see in in a person. So we have genotypes, which is from your genes, uh, what what you have in your genes, and phenotype is uh, basically what uh, what is expressed from your genes, and oh. it shows your features. For instance, how you look or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, well, yeah yes. they, they expressed a bit of the yes, genes, indeed, indeed, genome. Yeah. indeed. Okay. Well, one of the questions that came up as well during the conversation was the was the the, the severity of a of a disorder. So, like what uh, Zaki was mentioning earlier about ADHD or um, or, or, the, or the or the spectrum being on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. Um, is is there a way to to say that okay, this is too much, or this, this is life-threatening, or this this is okay, this is just a social problem, and does this come up in ethics discussions? Let's say, like, are there any measurements uh, that you can, or like, any tests that you can run or yeah. to decide? So th these decisions of how to define, uh, uh, like, the spectrum of, of for instance, disorders, etc. Normally, these are done with a team of experts, and normally international. Uh, it, a team of experts, and then uh, they define uh, what what is this this the phenotypes or the the features that you see from from a certain genetic disorder uh, or ge genetic aberrations that you see in the genome. So um, uh, 
Uh, yes, there are group of experts that are uh, that consists of, for instance, geneticists, uh, medical doctors. If it, if we talk about neuro uh, developmental disorders, for for instance, neurologists, psychologists, uh, ethicists, etc. So, uh, and then they define how uh, what what are the features that you should consider. So it's, it's it's a large team of people yes, with different indeed, backgrounds indeed. To, uh, to deliberate. Is it possible for me as a citizen not being an expert to like um, express my opinion to those committees? I think so. Yes, you can. Uh, yeah, you can express your your concerns or your comments, uh, and yeah. So this is something which we have nowadays uh, that uh, yeah you can express and then uh, they can consider these. Yeah. Uh, have you? I was also wondering if, if indeed, like the the result of the the outcome of the ethics uh, discussion from the panel differs from country to country, and then and then what happens? I mean, like, can we can I just go across the border and? Yeah, that is possible. So there are certain tests that in some countries you cannot do, and then people travel to another country and they do this yes uh, and uh, i think it's good like uh, the, i really like this this idea of uh, european union so uh, at least european countries they sit together and define these rules yeah a lot of it can i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be limited to genetic testing it could yeah. be abortion or Indeed. what we see in exactly, poland yeah. nowadays so. yeah exactly I feel like also really uh, interesting uh, regarding this topic is, I mean, probably some of us have watched Orphan Black as mentioned earlier, so we do, uh, like we already saw on TV, um, what act what we can actually do, or like, I mean, hypothetically in the future, who knows, but um, we can already uh, see it right now, like um, as mentioned earlier in China, for example, where you can actually adjust a baby's trait, such mm -hmm. as I want to have blue eyes, I want to have brown eyes, whatsoever, but where do you stop? Like, who sets the boundary of adjusting or saying what's right and what's wrong? Yeah, for sensitive topics like embryo uh, research, normally there are like federal ethical commissions for each country, and they should decide uh, what should be done. Uh, and basically, um, in many countries, uh, or maybe all of the countries, you are not allowed to do uh, to do selection based on traits like like uh, hair color or eye color etc uh, um, the only reason that you can do these genetic tests are that you see really like a severe or sort of uh, disorder that can uh, that can make uh, your life difficult so there are already certain yes. regulations yes. that close the door to yeah, this yeah, yeah. topic for okay. instance this this uh, this uh, scientist from china uh, he got serious i think he's in prison even so oh wow it's yeah. like yeah well, also um, one personal question maybe to yourself. Yeah. Do you have your own ethical code that you follow? Or a uh, moral? Yeah, or moral, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my moral code is that, uh, um, so I want to avoid any sort of emotional burden that that comes to the families. This is, uh, so I want to avoid that. Um, and uh, the other thing is that I, I yeah, I'm in this this work. I want to have like healthy embryos, but I'm against to do any sort of trait uh, selection or uh, gender gender selection. So in some countries they do gender selection. You should not bias the society t towards a certain uh, gender or trait, which is which is really dangerous, and we should we should really uh, uh, protect uh, 
uh, yeah, these sort of research from this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I sometimes try to again wearing a bit off topic here. Is it? Is, can you compare it to, it to like to farming, where we where we selectively breed certain yeah certain fruits and vegetables for certain traits? So that's a interesting question also. But um, so uh, now there are projects where, uh, for instance, uh, there are cows that produce more milk, or mm -hmm. there are horses, uh, uh, racing horses, etc. So uh, yeah, can, can I can yeah, interrupt sure. you for a second? I have seen muscular cows in Maastricht. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coming back. <laughs> so with these methods, you can really do that. But I'm not sure if it is really. Uh, positive or not. I don't like to do that uh, and I'm not sure if it is really positive to I mean, make like maybe like just as a little topic to jump in uh, do you know, have you ever heard of Dolly? Yeah. 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 Crazy isn't it? Yes. Like uh, just as an explanation for oh. our listeners, uh, if you haven't heard of Dolly, I think it was like in the 90s or even 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s or so, it was the first how would you say? Cloned, yeah, cloned yeah. sheep, I think. Uh, it's crazy. And she even lived seven years or so. Yeah. So quite a long time, but they would have never thought. Crazy, isn't se it? Seven sheep years. Is it, is it, is it long for a sheep? It's No, uh, it's long for a cloned sheep, uh, I think. Yeah, for a cloned <laughs> sheep, yeah. Well, well, at this point, it is now time to move to another song. This is an amazing conversation. And, you know, this conversation about how do we decide who really is the bad guy here. And <laughs> on that note, we are moving to a cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy by The Interrupters. Duh. <laughs>
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Zaki, for that awesome interruption by the bad guys. Or is it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> it's bad guy by the interrupters. By the interrupters. Perfect. Thank you very much. We are you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht on 107.5 FM. We are live from the studios of RTV Maastricht in the studio tonight. With us is Zaki on tech. Um, Sarah, yeah, our, what's up? Our guest and Masoud, hey. our our guest as well. Thank you, thank you very much, guys. And um, we will be continuing talking on the topic of genomics, or reproductive genomics, and the ethics of selection. One of the questions that that we w- would like to touch upon very briefly is the accessibility. And what I mean by that is, who can afford it? Who can afford this treatment? And would it, like, on on a, on a global level, because on a European level, I can very well imagine this is covered by insurance, not just in the Netherlands, but most likely in most European countries as well, to to certain extent. Uh, extent. Um, but on a global level, there would would this kind of a procedure and this kind of let's say selective accessibility increase the the disparity between someone with disorder within codes uh, versus someone without a disorder? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, as as you indicated, in many countries this is not covered, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but uh, we, as scientists, what what uh, we try to do to make these uh, tests as cost effective as possible, as fast as possible, to to have a good outreach to other part of 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 the globe, let's say. But yeah. but then again, talking about the ethical part, isn't that then again an advantage, another advantage for let's say the richer society when you have the resources for it? So mm-hmm. you, as being already rich, already being fortunate, um, m- maybe have good position, good connections for let's say your work market, etc. Um, then already getting babies that are let's say kind of perfect, not no big disabilities or anything. I mean, isn't then also the gap between rich and poor becoming even larger, not only on an income level, but also in terms of, let's say, healthcare, which is already big, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a, yeah, yeah. that's a real concern. An- another thing from the accessibility point of view, I was wondering is if, if, if I don't know, if this, this is a bit of a hypothetical question. Uh, w- do you reckon would a would a healthcare company or a healthcare insurance company force people to do a um, this kind of testing or uh, because then it basically reduces their expense to cover yeah. the, the person later no i don't think so i don't okay <laughs> i hope not yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so if it happens it is called so there was a, a discussion in uh, uh, like a few years ago in american society of human genetics and it was called genetic discrimination. So, mm. uh, so it's not. It should not be used by by healthcare, uh, uh, health insurance companies to. Yes. To to yeah. Yes, this the, should be yeah. certainly. Uh, yeah. 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 In, in the in the US, they also have the concept of like a pre-existing condition. Yeah. So probably one of the outcome of this diagnostic will be that the pre-existing condition will come out, and if they get their hands on it, then they they could have a different negotiation for the uh, for the for the insurance but i don't know how it works in america and, and imagine like 
Like I'm, I'm like, like I mean, I'm very used to to, to being American. I know how pre-existing conditions work. So basically, what it is basically is, I mean, I during I'm pretty sure during Obamacare they made it so that you know you cannot be denied insurance because of a pre-existing condition any, mm-hmm. condition anymore. But when it was, it was like you know if you have a certain disease, insurance could just decide, oh no, we're not going to cover you because you have a disease. Therefore, you're going to need more money from us. And so that's a very personal thing to me because I I know many people who have certain things that are already there. You know, you can't decide these things. But like, imagine now you get tested for you you have the you have the uh, the test beforehand. You have a child, and you that you, of course you maybe maybe you chose to have a child that had that uh, that had Down syndrome. You know, because you know mm-hmm. you you're like you're gonna love this child either way, no matter what. But now you cannot have this child covered for insurance afterwards. What do you do then? <laughs> Well, or what? Like, was there anything now to like prevent this kind of thing from happening in general? Uh, I think there are efforts to avoid that. Um, uh, it depends more on the legislators, right? How how they define this, and certainly it should be avoided. But regarding Down syndrome that you mentioned, Down syndrome is uh, more like a sort of uh, uh, more random effect. It's not that it it is it can. Uh, uh, it is really rare that you see something Down syndrome is happening like over and over in a family. So they can use they cannot use that. For instance, if you have a Down uh, syndrome uh, children, then they avoid for the other one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but other genetic disorders they can. And and as I said, we should avoid any sort of genetic discrimination. Also, right? So yeah. Very good. Yeah. Should we? Yeah, I think break, that, I think now is good time to go to the next song. Okay. Yeah. Next song is actually George Harrison Any Road. Somewhere if you don't know where you're going 
with the spin of the wheel, with the roll of the dice. Ah, yeah, you pay your fare. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Thank you very much, Zaki. If you don't know which road to take, any road will do. Yes, it will. By George Harrison. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful song. We are, you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM from RTV Maastricht. Um, I'm here today with some very intelligent bunch of people, Zaki on tech, Sarah, our Hello. guest, and Masood hey. uh, from University of Maastricht. But maybe, maybe we are not we're not happy enough with, with the intelligence level, so we might have some help with artificial intelligence. And one of the questions I've had for a while about, about the, this kind of genetic testing was, uh, can you use artificial intelligence uh, methods to, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to improve accuracy, for example? Absolutely, so one of the uh, passions that we have in my group, and we really want to do that, is that, uh, so currently you have all these data uh, uh, from prenatal uh, uh, development. Uh, for instance, you get, uh, you do this uh, NIPT, non-invasive prenatal testing. We have also, also ultrasound images, uh, and then we have medical records, etc. But these data, they are not systematically uh, used, right? So they are recorded in for free in healthcare system, but we don't use it. Uh, and one of the uh, aims that we have, we want to use this uh, data to predict what is the outcome of, of uh, a pregnancy and avoid many miscarriages uh, and, and help couples or help the mother with the, a better regime during pregnancy. So uh, I think AI is uh, very much relevant in this context and uh, yeah, so uh, we are now initiated a few consortium, international consortia, to, to perform this uh, kind of research. Wow. And, and can, can you mention a bit more about the AI-related projects? Yeah, uh, so uh, what is interesting when you talk about AI, it's like a big term, and it starts with a simple regression to uh, advanced and complex artificial neural networks. What we want to have at the end, to have an artificial neural network that can do two things. So one is that uh, a, a doctor can make a very good decision, but you might have also human errors, right? So uh, it can be like assistant to do decision making. This is one aspect. And the other aspect is that 
uh, we want the the computer to see like the variables that that is not intelligible by by human right so you might see something in images or in genetic profile uh, that we couldn't see but if they if you have a, a good uh, ai system then you can look at on all these huge data and link those data th that we see to a certain outcome right so uh, i think yeah that's 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 the thing that we want to do we want to have non-invasive ai based healthcare system uh, for pregnancies that is a lot of data and a lot of uh, lot of heavy work by the yeah. computers then uh, yeah but yeah. it's really interesting to see that we already like in general and because you already touched up on healthcare uh, in healthcare we see a big trend concerning ai um i don't know if you guys heard of that but for example in nursing homes uh, i think in asia specifically there are already robots like actually working with older people like washing them taking them out of bed which is which has its good side because it's really hard labor work to like actually i mean um to like try to get a human out of bed when they're like let's say heavy or if they can't help you with anything but also do you think that like ai can make up for humans or like for feelings and all those things i mean is the I don't know, like there should be also a decrease in like emotional intelligence, right? For yeah. robots. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it, I'm not sure how to answer this. So what, what we, so if you have a good AI system, then it can help emotions, right? So what I say that artificial and emotional intelligence. So if you have a project, a scientific project that you can uh, develop such a healthcare, then I think that's that's the aim of all of us. And it links to ethics, right? And morality mm -hmm. that we have. And you ask for my moral code, what, what it is, etc. Yeah. But this is really in the heart of what we do. Wow, yes. really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for you. coming here and speaking with us about this really interesting topic. I'm really fascinated by it. Um, I, yeah, I, I honestly want to know so much more, but I don't even know where to begin studying <laughs> these things. And I'm not a scientist, so, oh well. But now it's time to move on to our cultural agenda for today. Um, so just a repeat of, yast of the last hour. Um, so this week, Solomon has two new releases. Um, they're titled All These Lights and The Weight of the World. Um, yeah, listen to them on all the platforms. I'm pretty sure they're on Spotify. Um, yeah, just listen to them. They're a great band. They're good friends of Student Radio Maastricht. Um, in addition, we have new, new episodes of the Student Life podcast and some other new podcasts coming up. Um, one from the, from the Refugee Project and another interesting podcast on underground music, which, you know, as me, as a musician, I am so excited for. Um, in addition to that, um, we have are we, uh, with, um, Katinka run study buddies on Thursdays and Mondays um, at the Master's Services in Care. Um, um, so on Mondays, it's on WIC at Hochbruchstadt uh, 42. And on Thursdays, it's in Stadtenquartier in at Hochfrankreich 27. Um, in addition to that, um, we, there are going to be some new high music concerts on the 2nd of December. Um, these are both accessible online and at the Cellebrutuskapel in Maastricht, um, which you can find, and you can find this at euphoniaconcerten.com slash bookyourconcert. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I think it's just, you know, really nice classical music, really good things to listen to. Um, yeah, so on that note, thank you for, thank you everyone for coming. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and we're going to send you, send you out with the classic Frank Sinatra, My Way. Picked by our guest, by the way. Thank Enjoy. You. Thank you. And now...
end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway And more, much more than this I did it my way Regrets, I've had a few But then again, too few to mention I did what I had to do And saw it through without exemption I planned each charted course Each careful step along the byway And more, much more than this I did it my way Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I bit off more than I could chew But through it all When there was doubt I ate it up And spit it out Had my fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that, and may I say. Not in a shy way Oh no Oh no, not me I did it my way For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself
Yes, it was mine.